Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're talking about relationships as the Turks went last night over the Iowa Hawkeyes. We're talking about the relationship between the coach and the player. And and I'm so glad that, they, that Joe played that part with Johnny Holiday. We talked about the handshake between Jameer Young and Kevin Willard. Because that was the handshake, and you've been there before, Jeremy, where you know there was some halftime adjustments made, maybe some uh, uh, reminding you of what we're supposed to be doing here. And that was the look of a player who went up to his coach and said, you know, it was almost like you were right, coach. I mean, the, the look that he had in his face was a look of approval. And, yes, coaches do want the approval of their players. They want it. They want the validation of the players. And that was like that that shake between those two was almost like validation from Young to Willard because the game plan was different in the work. Turf shot almost 50% from the field. Yeah. And and the, the big part of this too, and like something I've always said to my players and I've done when I played this game, was always if you if if the shot's not falling, get to the cup. Get to the cup. The free throw line will get you right. And whether or not you're you're providing from the free throw line and making your free throws, or you just get back into that rhythm, the free throw line has always done that for me. I always tell my players, go get a foul, get to the free throw line, see the ball go through the hole where you should be making those. By the way, I know some guys are a little bit right. better at shooting free throws than others. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Jameer Young last night, I'm, I'm sure there was some point, whether it was a timeout or halftime, where coach was going, look, man, shots aren't falling the way you want them to. Get to the cup. Just get to the cup and, and get to the line. And that's what happened last night. He was 13 to 13 from the line. And the second half to me told everything. You know, at halftime, Terps trail. Folks, Terps won by 12. They trailed by six at the half. It wasn't looking good because they were playing Iowa's game, Ed. Iowa was, Iowa was getting down court, one pass to the basket way too many times and getting mm-hmm. to the free throw that line themselves, to be honest with you. Terps had 11 turnovers for the night. Well, you know what's great about that? Eight of them came in the first half. Yeah. They slowed it down. No to the Terps. Second half. You shoot better. You didn't turn the ball over. You know why? Because you slowed it down. You slowed down on offense. You played what probably is your game versus trying to play that speed up game, which so many people do now. They slowed it down. They limited Iowa's possessions. They got to the free throw line. They shot 82% 82% from the free throw line, 24-29, and they shot 48% from the field. Those two combinations will win most games. Yeah, and somehow Maryland it definitely has Iowa's number because Iowa, in the two games, the January game and yesterday's, 
they've led the Terps by double digits both games and blown both leads and lost. So Merrill's doing something right when they play these guys. Yeah, again, we, we talked about styles make fights, and I yeah. think this is probably one of those um, that really stand out where – uh, the Terps, for whatever reason, have had Iowa's number this year and figured them out throughout the game, whether it's taken a little longer than you would have liked or, you know, find a way in the beginning of the game and just destroy somebody. But this is something where Iowa's the one going back going, damn, what do we do? But in the Big Ten, I think you got to look at it. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be negative. It's just what I see in being a realist. I just don't see the Terps making that run. They've been so inconsistent this year. At times I watch yep. them play, and I agree with what Like, if you just watched last night's game, you're like, Oh damn, man! Just play your style, and you guys are going to be fine well, in the Big Ten. To it. But they're not. They're not going to keep doing it. They don't have enough contributors to scoring. Because if if um, you know, if Jameer has an off night, then you're like Juju. You can't have an off night if he's not getting the ball and shooting, and it turns into a Dante Scott night. Or oh please God so, no! You you get what I'm saying? I get though. what you're saying. Oh please God like, no! Who are you relying on to put the biscuit in the basket? Uh, keep in mind, last night Juju goes uh, 16 points, 13 rebounds, four offensive boards. Um, he only had one turnover. Only committed two fouls, and you know, in the second half, they outscored uh, uh, Iowa forty-seven to twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable. And again, it's obvious that Iowa was comfortable, and because the pace was so slow, uh, uh, Jeremy, when when the pace was that slow, and Iowa couldn't get his go- get it going, and what they would do was they would grow impatient. They would try to force the ball down qu- quickly. Throwing it away at times, taking bad shots at times. They only had nine turnovers total, but they would they would take really bad yeah, shots. Shooting percentage like forty percent. Trying to get it terrific up, terrific because they they were doing that, and then the Terps turned it on the second half. As you said, they had forty seven twenty nine, and Young had fifteen of his twenty one points in the second half. Yeah, and then eleven of those from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they proved last night that, that I, the Iowa Hawkeyes are one trick pony, and and they took that trick away from them in the second half. Yeah, that, look, they play fast. And if they're hitting their outside shots, they can play with anybody in the country. Problem is, is you're not typically hitting outside shots the way you want when you're taking the ones that they take. Yeah. Six of 22. Yeah. They Last, take bad shots. Yeah. They, take, they take shot. Look, there's certain, there are certain players that are so good when they come off of uh, the elbow there or whatever, or they're coming off of a screen, they're going to catch and shoot from the outside. Right. Or it's that step back three, you know, as you see a lot of guys in the NBA. A lot of the guys we see now are good shooters, and in a gym they're going to make those shots. But in the game time, they're not—they're bad shots. Like yeah. find a better one, throw the extra pass. I just—I I feel like they—they they run and gun, and when they're hitting, they're a problem. When they're not, you see it. That's what they look like in the second Last half. Last night, yeah, they're, they're taking a lot of of off the dribble threes. I don't suggest that. Those aren't normally good, unless you're Steph Curry or or, or someone of that nature. Normally, you know, getting the pass swung to you. From the inside back out or across the perimeter, elbow to elbow, things like that. You can get that. That's where you want to take a three. You don't want to dribble up too much and coming off the dribble and taking that three too much. One of my favorite people that have passed me the ball is the guy that just threw it to me. I'm throwing it right back. Like I, I think in basketball sometimes when you get the feet moving and the direction of the ball changes and goes back quicker. Right. You get what I'm saying, right? You've had that yeah. ball moving drill to get the zone moving. Then I just move slightly to my left or right, get yeah. my feet set, get them under me, get my shoulders square, look like very balanced, and I take that shot. Because what happens? Either you get that clear shot or you get someone over pursuing that you get the gone. pump fake, the one dribble, and the shot. Yeah. You know, so I just watching watching some college basketball year this year. Um, there have been a lot of teams that take just bad shots, but because these guys are good athletes and good players, they get away with it. Some of them will go in, but uh, in the Big Ten, 
It's top heavy, so I just don't know the Terps are going to get back in this thing. PFF's Gordon McGinnis joins us at eight thirty. Can't wait to hear, wait to hear from Gordon. But on the other side, it's a very special commission's Baltimore. What you got ahead? Oh, we have a friend of ours, special guest in studio, you know, longtime Baltimore sports writer Kevin Coward, prolific author, and uh, he's doing a little research here today, and he's also written a new book, which I find hilarious. Not that he wrote one, but the book is hilarious. No. <laughs> <laughs> The Mrs. Baltimore up next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. It's time for Commissions Baltimore. What you got going on, Ed? Well, we know. Let's tell everybody. A friend of ours here, Kevin Cowherd. People know him locally. He was, you know, sports writer in town, what, two, three years? (laughs) (laughs) Two, three, two, three hundred, maybe. (laughs) And written a bunch of, a ton of books, including mine. Um, but you just have a uh, a new project out right now. Got a new book out. Mm-hmm. It's called The Gym, uh, comic novel, uh, and uh, it's about a guy who uh, is going through a, a, a midlife crisis. He's lonely. He's overweight. Is this about me? Divorced. <laughs> Everything except the divorce. I did, like, yeah. I did. I did think of you, Jeremy. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he's going through this horrible midlife crisis. Uh, he just divorced his wife because of this spectacular act of infidelity <laughs> that she committed, yeah. which uh, Ed can tell you about later. And uh, so anyway, he joins a gym. He's, he's despondent. He joins a gym. He falls in with a great group of friends. And um, during the course of this uh, friendship, they discover that there's a member of the gym that, um, who murdered his wife many, many years ago. And they vow to find out everything they can about this, this guy. And ultimately, what is going to happen is the protagonist, a guy by the name of Jack Doherty, is going to uh, actually be involved in a high-stakes fitness contest with this guy who committed murder, who murdered his wife many years earlier, did hard time in Hagerstown, and now these two are thrown together in a kind of unlikely yeah. friendship. It's very hard for me to stay quiet because I... Well, I, I regret not finishing. I've got like 20 pages left. I just had, I could, I, and I know all this, obviously, I'm reading the book, and I'm just about done with it. And it's, I got to say, 
Very good. I wish you. I hope you do more of these because I'm, I'm working on another I, one now. I know this is yeah, your yeah. first adult fiction. You yes. did the yes. children's books and they were fiction um, novels. Yeah. But this is and, and people that don't know it. If you're a reader, you'd know. You know who Carl Hyacin is. And um, he actually wrote, he has a blurb on the front of yeah. the book. He was kind enough to give me a nice blurb. Dave Barry, too. Yeah, I saw Dave Barry. Dave yep. Barry. Yeah, I saw um, that. But so he, I was what? telling Kevin, like, Hyacin was, is, became one of my favorite authors. And um, he got me through the worst time of my life. In the, oh, boy. Because yeah. I, I ended up reading all his books when I was in the, the big house. Um, particularly when I was in Florida, because he, he writes all about Florida, dark comedies. Yeah. But, and yours, the humor in your book reminds me so much of the way he writes. I've enjoyed it so much. It has me laughing out loud at some of these things. Just, just It's it's good. It's really, I got to commend you. It's really good. I'm enjoying it well, a lot. Well, I tell you, that's high praise. Because when you're, you know, Carl Hyacin to me is at the very top of uh, the, the writers who do comic novels. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'll take that praise all dark, day. Darkly funny stuff. Yep. But, uh, yep. it, it, I know... You'd enjoy you like dark comedy yeah, and stuff. Well, I love just it. and and if you're from around here, which you are, if you're listening to this, you recognize all. You know, you mentioned Hagerstown. You know, the, the prison Hagerstown and all the the landmarks in Baltimore and all these things. And it's even as I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just probably flattering myself, but there's a press, there's a police commissioner in the book. <laughs> um, his, his name is Edmund Morris. Do you know him? No. I, I think he does know him, but that's, yeah. does he go by Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he kind of does know him. Yeah. Uh, so it, it just it was very, I think, very well done. And of course, a couple of people that have already pointed this out that you know, a, uh, Edmund Morris, any relation to? So, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I told Kevin I read. I was like, oh, you know, at least Stephen King just put my name in there. If you read The Stand by Stephen King, the first victim of whatever disease it was, was Lieutenant Edward M. Norris of the 17th Detective Squad in Manhattan, which I was the commander of. He must have found my name in a directory, just changed my middle, middle initial, but uh, I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it very much. So, Well, maybe you could write one about a, a degenerate gambler and, and the, his fallings. And, <laughs> what's his uh, name? I, I could probably do that. Uh, what's I his can, name? Jeffrey Cohn? <laughs> I've been listening to you guys for many years, so I kind of know where that's going. Uh, yeah, we yeah. could probably do that, Jeremy. Yeah, it didn't have to be fiction. This one could yeah. be real. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, do you have a preference in writing? Uh, did you, you enjoy this fiction? Was, this was a ball, Jeremy. So I had done six novels for young readers, sport, uh, baseball novels for young readers with Cal Ripken. And, uh, but this is a whole different thing when you're doing fiction. for, for So this is my first, I call it my first adult novel. Um, it was a blast and it's completely different. Um, Ed will tell you, you know, when you do a nonfiction book, it's all research. You know, when, when I did Ed's book years ago and Ed and I were working on his book, it's, if you spend a year just researching. So is it fun to take creative liberties with fiction? It really is. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. and, and, you know, to me and, you know, Ed had brought up Carl Hyacin. What I think you'll you'll agree with me, Ed. Carl Hyacinth's strength is these characters he yes. comes up with, right? These off the wall characters. And, and yes, he's had crazy characters, and he's got. And, and if you decide to do it, what Carl is, but there's guys, there's characters that are consistent throughout his books. Yes, right. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll revisit them. They, right, and yes. they, they they reappear. There's a, I can't remember the name of the book. There's a black um, Florida State Trooper. He's a part of Florida Highway Patrol. He. He's in many of the books as yeah. one of the cops, re, you know, investigating these murders, and yeah. there's a there's a bunch like that. No, it's fun, Jeremy. Uh, it, it, way more fun, in my opinion, than doing nonfiction. 
which is fun too, but this is a whole different genre. And uh, you, you can really, you know, to your point, you can, you can take liberties with things. You can you come up with these outrageous characters. You can come up with plot lines that, that almost defy, you know, the, you almost can't believe that they're, that, that they're well, real or that they're supposed to be real. And you like so the you, way he describes like that, that massive infidelity. Yeah. It's just funny to see how it's described in, <laughs> in his words. Yeah. 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 You got Yeah. You, you got to check that part out. You have to check it out. But no, it's, it, it was a lot of fun. It's a great project. I'm real happy with it. Readers seem to like it a lot. So, uh, I recommend um, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. I need yeah. you for a blurb. Yeah. I right. <laughs> be happy to. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, Ed, Edmund Morris says this is a tremendous book. <laughs> tremendous book. <laughs> Who has his own book, but anyway. So how do you get, how do readers get a hold of it? Uh, Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, Rob. Mine's with Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Yep, uh, uh, bookstores, uh, uh, Ivy Bookshop, uh, uh, you know. Do you have any signings coming up? Uh, yeah, we have one coming up, uh, Cockeysville Library Thursday. Thanks for asking. Uh, be with Dan Rodericks, Baltimore Sun uh-huh. columnist, and he and I, he's going to be, uh, we'll be doing a Q&A about the book. So oh, okay. we hope people show up, 6.30, February, what is that, 22nd, next Thursday. Yeah, I would be there, I'd be out of town. Yeah, but it's, uh, it, it should be away. a good time. We'll be yeah. there for, uh, we'll be answering questions and talking about the book for about an hour, hour and a half. Cool. So, yeah, cool. It's Kevin Cowher. Thank you very much. 410-583-1057. We storm the castle at 845. Shovels at 9, but on the other side, Gordon McGinnis from PFF joins us to talk a little football right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Man, I'm not looking forward to the weekend already. You see the text from uh, Baltimore Banner. Snow expected Friday into Saturday. Yep. Gee whiz. All right. I'm not looking forward to this, though. I am. Joining us right now, courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline from PFF, he is Gordon McGinnis. Gordon, what's going on, man? How's it going, guys? Doing well. Uh, we hear you were at the Super Bowl in Vegas. What was that atmosphere like for already a – uh, a crazy city. How was it adding the Super Bowl to it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a pretty incredible experience. The la- the first Super Bowl I went to for the week of was uh, Phoenix last year, and this was like that times a hundred. There were just people everywhere the whole time, um, and this was the first time I'd ever actually been to the game itself. And like the atmosphere was even even bigger than I imagined it from television. What do you think of the? Um the game overall, I I went in there believing San Francisco was the the better team. Um, they ended up losing, of course. Um, this was criticism of the you know Shanahan. 
with turnovers. I mean, did they just not have it that day, or the Chiefs just know how to win? The, the Chiefs seem to have this habit. They did it against the Ravens, they did it against the Bills, and against the Dolphins as well, I think, whereby they kind of force you out of your own game plan, and they force you to try and win in ways that you don't necessarily, you know, are used to winning in. And they just have this habit throughout the playoffs this year of being able to keep games close enough to the point where Patrick Mahomes can take over. And in this game, like, they didn't play well early on. Uh, the 49ers got a bunch of pressure on them in the first half. But the Chiefs' defense played so well that the 49ers couldn't extend the lead enough. And it kind of felt, once we got to the third quarter, it just felt like you were just inevitably waiting for the Chiefs' offense to wake up. Is Taylor Swift nice? <laughs> I, I unfortunately, didn't didn't oh, okay. see her in person. So, right, I wasn't sure. <laughs> what was your thoughts on on overtime? And uh, look, Kyle Shanahan's just getting absolutely destroyed. Uh, looking, I just saw the video of Pat Mahomes' face when they they chose the ball. I didn't have an issue with their thought process on on choosing the ball, but I would have clearly been on the other side of it. How about you? I would have been on the other side as well. I think the the part that I didn't really see get discussed much, and and I think that's probably because I don't think Shanahan said this was any part of his decision making. The the reason why I thought possibly them taking the ball first made sense was their defense looked absolutely gassed on that final drive in regulation. You know, it looked like they were able to get the stop at the end, but the the Chiefs were able to move the ball downfield really easily. And I thought at the time that they were just a little bit worried that they needed to give the defense a little bit of a break. Um, But, you know, everything they said afterwards was they wanted the ball because they wanted that third possession. And then, you know, everything we've heard suggests that there would never be a third possession because even if it had been touchdown, touchdown, the Chiefs would have gone for two. Yeah, it was it, lots of talk about it, lots of uh, craziness about it. We're here with Gordon McGinnis from PFF. Gordon, uh, speaking of the 49ers, they fired their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, um, you know, on the heels of the Super Bowl loss and so much criticism of the head coach. I guess somebody had to go, and it, that somebody is Steve Wilkes. Yeah, and I know I know a few um, friends of mine who are 49ers fans have kind of criticized Wilkes throughout the season. Um, I don't know that he did a particularly bad job throughout the year. I know the defense wasn't as good as it was um, in previous years, but they didn't really have great players in the secondary outside of um, Charvarius Ward. So, you know, I, I think he probably did the best he could with the group he had. Um, but ultimately, in these situations, sometimes there is a scapegoat, and, and it was him. And this is a terrible question, but I've got to... I feel the Ravens were better than both these teams, but the, I think the Chiefs did exactly to them what you mentioned. Where the, the Ravens ended up you know, having six rushing attempts between the two running backs, and Lamar had eight. I mean, that's not what they do, and the Chiefs actually... How did they get, how did they get the Ravens out of their game? I, the, the Ravens game, I think, was very much a case of uh, the very first drive, the first two drives of the game, the Ravens went three and out, the Chiefs go down the field and score, and all of a sudden you're just you're in your head thinking we are chasing the Chiefs' offense that's scoring 30, 35 points today. Um, and it just didn't work out like that. And uh, it's just the mystique of Patrick Mahomes, I think. And I think yeah. it's unfortunately something that teams are going to have to deal with for a good number of years to come still. Hey, Gordon, being at the Super Bowl, was there any cool stories you had, any run-ins you didn't expect? Or, um, you know, I almost tagged you with J.J. Watt's hair to get, have you guys give a breakdown. Um, but uh, but no, because when I went to the Super Bowl, I, like I ran into Ice Cube, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. What about you? Anything happened to you? Yeah, we didn't. So we didn't have anyone stop by. Uh, it was pretty cool seeing P. 
people like The Rock being there, um, yeah. just because he's a huge star. TJ Watt did walk past our table, um, and strangely, strangely, he didn't stop for a for a chat. Um, <laughs> we did we we did find the, the days around the awards. Um, a lot of people were in Sam Monson, who's uh, at PFF and who's one of the the AP voters. Um, he did get a lot of mentions about how it was his fault that TJ Watt didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Gordon McGinnis. Gordon, what's next uh, for you now? The Super Bowl is over. Are you all in draft mode now? Yeah, all in on the off season. A little bit of free agency, but it's it's mainly about the draft. So you know, we have our mock draft simulator that. Um, people use a lot in, in the build up to the draft and we've got things like our draft guide coming up we've got I'm back over to America in less than two weeks for the combine so uh, it never, never really stops There is Gordon McGinnis Gordon thanks a lot my friend tell folks in Baltimore and surrounded areas about PFF Yeah head to pff.com like I said you'll find our mock draft simulator you'll find our free agency rankings all that stuff and you can find me on Twitter PFF underscore Gordon Have a good one Gordon thanks a lot man Thanks, guys. Thank uh, you, man. It's been a cool experience coming over here, going to the Super Bowl. It would be like, you know, me going over to, uh, you know, one of the cups or something like over there in this yeah. country. It's got to be yeah. a great experience. Has, has any other business had this happen to him where, like, Elon Musk buys Twitter, mm-hmm. turns it into X, and almost everybody to a T. I've heard a few people call it X. Nobody calls it that. Like, has that ever happened where a business, and then people just still call it by the old name? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is kind of... Like even he said it, Twitter. You heard him, Twitter. <laughs> Look at Joe's face. Is it any comparison to Dunkin' Donuts when they yeah. change it to Dunkin' to Dunkin' and people still call it Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, maybe. I, like I was just trying to think of something else. It just hit me when he said it. I, like, I still call the bank Raven Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I think for a while it happened with um, Bank of America when they went from Nations to Bank of America. I think for a while people still called it Nations because the logo was similar. Yeah, yeah. But eventually they got out of that. But I think the only thing that's clo- remotely close to it is Dunkin' and Dunkin' Donuts. Do you do any of you guys call Royal Farms the farm store? I used to when I was a kid. That's what we called. My it. mom calls it the. That's yeah. what we called it all the time. Wawa and- is also the farm store. Is it? Uh, it's it's like a blanket statement. Like oh, let's go down to the farm store and get it. Can I ask you a question? What does Rofo come from? Royal. Uh, yeah, I don't it's, 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 <laughs> it's not an O. Where does Rofo come from? Royal Farms, because that's what you have yeah. to fill out yeah. to get your Royal Farms. You get your Farms. Royal Farms. Yeah. That's, I, it, should, it should be Rofa. I, I thought Rofo. about exactly this. I, I did. He always said, why would they call Rofa? But then again, I was like, why is ammunition ammo? Should be ammo. <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> True. Screw it, sports. They call it Rofo themselves. So I know they do. I but I don't know why it's called that. Like what does that come? What does the O come from? Do any of us have sponsorships for any one of those right now? Well, I had Rofo for a long time. You had Rofo, like Wawa, because we always had an argument of, and I, that's why I don't want to bring it up if somebody has a sponsorship. Rofo, Wawa, Rofo, Wawa. <laughs> oh, the, and, and Sheets. The sub, ooh, Which one's your sheets. favorite? Sheets subs are off the chain, man. I love Sheets. I'm always going to be Wawa first, but I do love Sheets. Sheets is awesome. And I was I would I took stop my team. We I forget what we played. And they never heard of Sheets. This is like maybe a month ago. Carroll County. And did we play in Carroll? You got Hagerstown coming back? PA maybe? No. No, it was it was it was yeah, I think it was Carroll County. We were coming back from uh uh it was Hagerstown. Um Yeah, I remember the story. And yeah. and they never heard of it before. And they stopped there and they you know, they all looking like because you know how teenagers, especially teenage girls, they never want to try something new. That's why they all order chicken t- tenders and fries <laughs> when they went to the landing strip. 
So nothing that they were familiar with was there, so they had to actually order some new stuff. And they raved about it as we were leaving. I just think they're, I think their food is, is I think they're better than Subway, to be honest. I, I should not like Wawa because I met my first wife there. Um, but who was working there? She was. I figured one of yeah, you were. I worked there. at the pizza shop next door when it used to be over on Rossville. So you guys doing the food trade? You took yeah. a pizza for a couple of subs? No, I'd always come in and flirt. It's like, I don't need to buy anything. Let me buy some gum. Let me buy a drink. We have that stuff over where we work. Um, but no, Wawa's always been my top just because of that damn Wawa turkey bowl. I could eat that thing every damn It's the one thing I don't get tired of. The gobbler. And I love the gobbler, but when it became the turkey bowl, and when it goes out of... It pisses me off more than the McRib. That is good, though, isn't it? Yeah. So good. Turkey dinner in a cup. Yep. <laughs> I, I, look, I know it sounds stupid. It's one It's one of the, the goofiest things, smallest things that I absolutely love. Wawa turkey bowl. It's not a small thing you love. Wait, there's another one? <laughs> oh, you dick. <laughs> yeah. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. My buddy Brian just texted. Yes, the pretzel uh, sub rolls at at Sheets is unbelievable. Four ten five eight three. They are good. One zero five seven. That's the number. Baltimore's big bad morning show on the fan. Uh, we go shovels at nine o'clock. But on the other side, we storm the castle. What's going on with the Baltimore Ravens and what do they look to now? Right here on the fan. The Ravens have three Hall of Famers, three players who spent their productive years, if not their entire career, in the Hall of Fame. Jonathan Ogden, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. 2025 class could see two more. Very likely. Marshall Yonder, and of course Terrell Suggs. Suggs and Reed out of that group are the only ones that didn't spend their entire careers here in Baltimore. That'll be 28 years, five Hall of Famers. There's no doubt, Ed, one of the best-run organizations in the National Football League. <laughs> when you have two come out of your first draft, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, just yeah, it's it's very well run. Look to have you know two Super Bowls so far and three Hall of Famers. Now you're talking about five. It's a short time they've been you know in the NFL. So I mean, they've done a fantastic job. So here's what I would say about that. I'd say whether your expectations on them getting in right away. Um, not that they're both not. Uh, should be considered to get in. You have that log jam at wide receiver. I think Yonder's got a better shot. I do too, but you got to look at what's happened to interior linemen. Yeah. If you haven't been deemed the best of your era, yeah. which he's in that conversation. Is he all, all decade? Yeah. Performer that they don't use. It's interior linemen. So like we watched um, Alan Fanica, who I thought was one of the best interior linemen. We watched um, who was the guy that Seattle had all those years, and he I think he went to Minnesota. Uh, Steve. Uh, damn it, I can't think of the guy's name. But you, you had all these different players that it, on the interior line that it seems like they mm-hmm. wait. And the same thing with wide receivers. I don't know why that is. Um, and then I, I was kind of happy, even though I wanted Reggie Wayne to get in. Like Dwight Freeney got in, which I, I thought was great. But I, I thought there were other guys that were a little bit better than he was, honestly. Um, and I thought Reggie Wayne was going to get in. And instead, seeing Devin Hester get in this past year, like it, that stuff makes me happy because it, it's hard to compare them, and you know those guys should be in. So how long do they wait? Well, the, the reason I think he, um, he being Yonder has a better shot. Not that I, you know, dumping on Suggs, just because there's more pass rushers going in, and he's going to be in that same conversation you just mentioned. You know, like like this last class we had Peppers in there and a couple of others. So you've got you know edge rushers who are going to go in. So there's going to be people ahead of him. Not, not that many guards. Let me ask you guys: Is Luke Keekley a first ballot Hall of Famer? Because I think he is. Yeah, he was pretty, pretty Travis, awesome. Travis Frederick is up. 
Um, you got Eli Manning, Marshawn Lynch, Joe Staley. These are guys that are going to be eligible. Uh, Akib Talib, Demarius Thomas. Like some of these guys, they're not getting in. I'm just throwing out the names that are coming up this year, along with all the names from before. So, just think it's. It, I think it's a tough ask for them to get in on the first ballot. Wouldn't be surprised if one got in. But I definitely don't think both of them. Are. You're talking about a guy who was uh, top 15 all time in sacks, also 139 sacks, which is is sensational. The guys that are in front of him, there's no one in front of him that's not a Hall of Famer. There's no one in front of him. Oh, they're both that's not Hall of Famer. The, they're the, both getting the, in. Marcus Ware, Richard Dent, uh, John Randall are behind him. And they have, uh, they're in Hall of Fame. But Demarcus I, Ware waited. I, but I think, but my point is, I think because those guys are in already, that helps him out a little bit. That yeah, helps his argument out yeah. because all of everybody in front of me, everybody in front of me, and the next three guys behind me are already in, and I'm sitting here. I think that's an argument. I hope Scott's listening. That could be made for putting him in. I'm just hear me out. I'm not saying he's a surefire first battle Hall of Famer. I'm just saying, Ed, that if I'm representing him, that's my argument for him. Everybody in front of him and the first three players behind him are in. Why does he have to wait? His credentials already suggest he's a Hall of Famer. What are you doing with Adam Vinatieri? Yeah, he can wait. Can he? He can wait. He's deemed the greatest kicker of, of all time until we've seen this cat, Justin Tucker, and some would still debate you that he's made more big I, kicks than anyone else. I would still debate you as far as, as far as big kicks. I would debate you that Adam Venteri is still the best. I, but I've always have. Um, I've always have. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about a Hall of Famer. But I think when you're pinned up against some of those other people, he, you know, you're, the, the fact that he's a kicker comes into effect. Well, and then you start looking at Terrell Suggs' accolades, and you throw out the, the, the stats with the sacks is obviously what we're going to look at. Um, and I know Scott's going to do him justice in representing him. Don't forget he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, so he's Twice. got two. Yeah. He was a defensive player of the year, so that stuff and, should and, add to it. And defensive rookie of the year by two outlets. Yeah. So, again, it's not – I think clearly both of them are Hall of Famers. I would just say don't be upset if they both don't get in on the first ballot because the NFL Hall of Fame is a little bit different. Oh, yeah, this 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 argument has nothing to do with whether they are Hall of yeah. Famers. Yeah, there's no question. I hope people listening don't 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 mix that up. We're not we're not making the argument that these two cats aren't Hall whether oh, or not they're Hall of Famers. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you know we're saying when do they get in? And I would I would say call me a homer that they are both first ballot Hall of Famers. I think you know. Again, you're talking about a, a Hall of Fame all-decade team for Marshall Young in the 2010s, two times all-pro, eight-time pro bowler. He was a Super Bowl champ as well. His credentials are sick. Who are, I'm trying to find – who are the names that didn't get in this year um, that are going to be – because that's who you really have to yeah. start comparing them with to see if there is a realistic shot of being a first ballot. Um, just because, like, if, if there are some pass rushers around him that have been waiting two years, does he get in over them? If his numbers are slightly better, or do they do the sympathetic thing and say he'll get in next year? Let's put this guy in this year, and and I think that stuff happens all well, the time. Well, the, the Hall, the, uh, Jared Allen is not in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has more sacks than Jared Allen. Uh, John Abraham is not in. He has more sacks than John Abraham. Leslie O'Neill is not in. Those are all the top twenty guys. The only top 25, 20 guys in terms of sacks that are not in. Uh, Terrell Suggs going to his first ballot. Uh, J- Jared Allen and John Abraham. Those are the only top 20 guys that aren't in. And only two of them are eligible. Let's go to Rashawn in Baltimore. What's up, Rashawn? 
Oh, well, excuse me, Rashawn, have been eligible prior to gotcha, this year. Gotcha. Go ahead, Rashawn. Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Doing well. How are you? Hey, all right. First of all, I want to apologize for Jeremy, man. You know, I just knew he was going to be wrong on that South Carolina and Auburn <laughs> game last night, man. You know. They won by 40, man. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they ain't going to blow him out, man. I told my friends, my coworkers, I'm like, man, put y'all money on South Carolina, man. So, hey, well, well, I want to wanna apologize to you, Rashad, because I agree with him on there, and I put 20 bucks on it. <laughs> so yeah, I man, won. You know, oh, you won, huh? <laughs> <I> won. <laughs> that was, that, that nice was night last South Carolina night. Is not, wasn't, in my opinion, in the same class as Auburn. South Carolina was riding high. They yeah. had a couple of big wins, and Auburn had come off of a, a, a tough loss to Florida where they got hammered. It was one of their worst losses. You knew they were going to come out. And when you saw the spread at 11 and a half in South Carolina's ranked higher, you had to know something. Hammer time. Yeah. Number 11. I'm like, how they ranked 11? They 13, man, and everything. Well, they like, won't you, hey, you, you, you don't go by that stuff, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why. Yeah, that's true, man. But y'all, What's on your mind? Real quick, y'all talking about on the Hall of Fame stuff, right? Um, what was your uh, feelings about Darren Woodson getting shafted? You know, I know you watched him a lot, Rob, growing up. You know, when he was the Cowboys fan and everything. So you think that was justified? You think he should have got in? I don't think he got shafted. I don't know if he's – I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, to be honest with you. If he is a Hall of Famer, he's not an early ballot Hall of Famer. When I see Darren Woodson, I don't think, man, that guy's a Hall of Famer. I don't. Um, Well, put it this way. I don't think that guy's a, a surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, I thought he was really good for a really, really long good. time. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And, and again, like the, the hard part about some of this thing, when we talk about Baseball Hall of Fame – Basketball is different because it's basketball. It's college. It's mm-hmm. it's overseas. It's, it's pro women. football. Yeah, pro football Hall of Fame. And then now you got to compare these guys. And all of a sudden, how do you measure a, a guard against a kicker or yeah. a wide receiver against a pass rusher? Like, and then when they're eliminating these guys, like I, I do think that human element comes into the room. Sometimes it's about a presentation. Sometimes mm-hmm. things get started early. Like, hey man, this guy's been waiting a long time. He's got to get in this year, and then that starts. And to be honest with you, Jeremy and Ed, when I saw Darren Woodson, I didn't know whether the, the Dallas Cowboys defense was better because of Darren Woodson or Darren Woodson was better because of the Dallas Cowboy defense. I mean, I didn't know. I don't know whether he influences his environment or he's a product of his environment. I just he's not. He doesn't jump off the page to me. He's good. He's in the Hall of Very, very good. Daily line at 9.15, Danielle Allentuck at 9.30. She talks about the Baltimore Orioles situation with Masson. But on the other side, it got shovels. Ed Norris, who gets your shovel today? Uh, yeah, New York man. He was asked that age-old question. Is that a python in your pants? You're just happy to see me. Mm. If you have a shovel, give us a call. Give us a text, 410-583-1057. Hit us up on Twitter, at BBMS1057. Fans, shovels next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 